Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Carly, it, w- it won't open. It won't open up my camera for some it's reason. No problem. I will just have to imagine your beautiful face. So um, <laughs> I do the intro before, so you don't have to listen to me go through the whole thing. And I'm just going to start, and we're going to go back and forth, um, and we're going to, you know, go through this together. I'm really grateful because I have to tell you that my listeners really appreciate hearing other stories so they don't feel alone and they can feel inspired. So I'm grateful for your vulnerability. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, great. So here we go. So welcome today to my new friend, Yvonne, who I'm going to get to know as our listeners get to know. Yvonne, will you say hello to everybody? Hello. And um, I don't know when this is going to be airing, but Yvonne, will you tell everybody the exciting news of when you just got divorced? I got divorced exactly four days ago on December 22nd. Congratulations, an early Christmas present. Yes. And um, before we get into that, I want to go way back into history and tell me about how you met your um, now ex, your co-parent. What, how did you guys meet? Tell me the story of you getting together. Um, so I met my ex-husband when I was 16 years old. He was stationed in my hometown in Germany with the military, with the army. And we met at a carnival. Um, he was 19 years old. You know, he had literally just been stationed there six months. And um, we were both out with our friends and we just met at the carnival. And we've literally, we, we didn't even know each other 24 hours and we've been together ever since. So, wow. yes. So, so he this was your year, first love. He was very much my first love. And um well, this year would have made 28 years of marriage. Wow. So. so you were together. So are you originally from Germany? Yes, I am. I was born and raised in Germany. Okay. You have no accent. Uh, it sometimes comes out. <laughs> <laughs> when you're drinking or sad or angry. Well, yes, that's when it definitely comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are love at first sight together since you were very, very young Tell me about what your early marriage was like um, when you guys got married and when you started looking back, noticing some red flags that ended up in what happened four days ago. So uh, our, truthfully, our marriage was very good. You know, we, we were always happy together. We were we would travel together. We waited a long time to have my daughter um, because I was very focused on schooling, um, you know, because I came over from Germany um, when I was 20. I was a nurse in Germany. And then when I came over here, they told me that I had to go back to school. So I went back to school. So that was our primary focus is for me to get 
my education under my belt. And he was very supportive of that. Um, you know, we were both still working. He worked um, for the post office and I did various different jobs during schooling. So, but we would travel a lot and we would, you know, um, just just enjoying each other's company. It was definitely not having Can kids. Can I ask was you a question? So your sure. daughter is 14, which is two years away from how old you were when you met your, and I'll give you my new favorite term. I stole it from another friend. She calls mm-hmm. her ex-husband her husband. And because he was her husband and I like it better than having to say ex. But um, when you met him, you were only two years older than your daughter is right now. How did your parents respond to that? Or did they just think it was young love and they didn't realize it was going to end up being a marriage? Um, they were a little bit shocked. Um, mm-hmm. they, I think they were more, more worried about the fact that I was going to end up like my sisters. My, mm-hmm. Not that my sisters are fine. They're adults now. They are happily married and have children but they had a troubled childhood growing up. You know, both mm. my sisters had children at age 16. Mm. So that was really their biggest fear is that their third daughter would end up having a child young as well. So when they found out I was dating an American, mm. um, you know, they were like, you know how it is in America. You, um, and my, my husband is white, but they were worried about, you know, German going to the States and stuff and struggling here and whatnot. Right. But then they met him. It was actually funny. They ended up trusting me and they met him and um, they really liked him a lot because he is a very likable, easygoing person. Mm-hmm. So um, they actually let me fly to the States when I was 17 years old for wow. three weeks wow. with him. So Could you imagine doing that with your daughter? Oh, no, definitely <laughs> I know. not. The things that I was doing, I, would, I have three boys that I could <laughs> never even fathom. So it sounds like everything was going really well. When did things change? So over... Over the course of the year, years, I started noticing little things that were starting to bother me. I'm in a, okay, I'm a very focused and driven, hardworking female. Mm-hmm. Very, that, that's my thing. And my uh, husband, mm-hmm. okay, um, he he is hardworking too, but he's very content in in where he's at. You know what I mean? Yes. He's like. He has a job and he's good with that. And he's okay sitting at home and playing video games. And Your goals and vision were not the same, even though you were both def- good people. Exactly. Very, very different. So over the course of the years, I, I had changed a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I went from being a young teenager to growing and into being adult and a, and a very independent female. Yeah. So. And, um, and he was just very content where he was. And, and to me, that just started us, both of us growing apart from each other. I can totally relate to that. And you know, what I think is so interesting is there's really no way to prepare for your values or your, like what you want to, to change because they will like life changes them and it changes each of us. And some of us stay and just stay on the path. And some of us are like, I feel differently about this. And we veer off. And then when you have a partner that is not in the same place as you is not looking in the same direction, it causes friction. So were you the one who was bringing it up to him? Like, I'm, you know, I wish you were like, I wish you were wanting this or, or is it internal and you weren't saying anything? 
I, admittedly, and I think this was part of the other reason why our marriage ended, because each partner plays a role in the breakup. It's not I one person or the other. I 100% love that. Thank you so much. You Say know, it again. Both partners play a role in a marriage falling apart. Thank you. It, you not one person can blame the other. It, it, that doesn't work that way. We each have our role to play yep. in it. And my role, admittedly, I'm a very bad communicator. <laughs> I internalize things. I don't talk about my feelings. Mm -hmm. I, um, and, and instead of me communicating to him more about what I needed and what I wanted from him and stuff, I would just get angry with him, yeah. you know, because he wouldn't do something, but then I would just, I would just not talk about it. Because right. But he I wouldn't know what he wasn't doing because you weren't telling him. Exactly. Can I, I was tell you not... how grateful I am for you to own up and honor that because I a hundred percent agree. There's no, my least favorite question when someone finds out that a couple is getting divorced is who wanted it because everyone plays a role in it. And I, I also own my part and you know, what I hear because I'm a co-parenting coach and I also, you know, I'm remarried happily is I will not let go of those lessons that were, we've learned along the path and along the way, because otherwise we'll just keep repeating them. So I'm hearing mm -hmm. you say that. And the fact that you're able to own up to it is so important for your daughter, for yourself, for whoever you end up with in the future. So, you know, you're not doing this. What is he, what is he not doing? Well, Throughout the marriage, there was, you know, like I said, he was very stuck in his ways. But the other thing also that, and he owns that he was very lazy. Yeah. Okay. He, um, there would always be arguments about why aren't the dishes done? You know, I work 10 hours and I come home and there's dishes right. in the sink and you were sitting downstairs. Why did you not cook dinner? Because you've been home since three o'clock and I came home at six. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it was like, it was not really like, oh, uh, full 100% partnership. Do you know what I mean? I do. And, and that and starts he, to wear on, on a relationship, um, especially like you said, when there's already resentments that are not being discussed. And then it's kind of like every little thing adds more and more and more to the disconnect. Mm -hmm. It would just continue compounding, you know? Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I own it. I should have better communicated to, to so but instead what I would do is I would be angry and I would be up in the kitchen and I would angrily clean my kitchen and put the yeah. dishes away you know what I mean and like mumble under my breath about why the hell did you not clean up the kitchen yeah. you've been home all day long and you know that kind of stuff yeah. instead of me talking to him I internalized it yeah. so and then um, so where along the path does your daughter come in um so my daughter well, we were married at that point. Think about we well, almost fourteen years. We were married at okay, that time. Okay, wow, right, yeah. And then um, you're living. So you're living in the states, and mm -hmm. you worked really, really hard. Even though you were already a nurse, you worked again to come back here and become a nurse here. And your drives are different. You're not communicating. He's admittedly lazy. You're not telling each other what you both need. And are you mm -hmm. telling anybody? Or are you just keeping this all in? No, I'm, I'm even in my private life with my friends and stuff. I mean, they know a little bit about it, but I very much keep things to myself because I think my biggest fault is that 
I believe when I start verbalizing these things and, and complain about it to other people, you know, I feel that it makes me look weak. Oh, you I'm know? guessing this is coming from what you were, what it was like growing up, that that must've been what you saw or heard or felt or internalized there. Because for me, a lot of my patterns that are not helpful, I noticed come from when I was growing up that I didn't change or, or grow through. 100% they are definitely from my childhood. I grew up in a household of uh, two alcoholics. Me and, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. And, um, and I just learned to just take it in because right. I realized Don't talk that about it. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In my Don't household, I learned, I'm sure you can relate to this, that if you have to keep your outsides looking good, no one can talk to you about what's really going on on the inside. And so, exactly. right. And so mm-hmm. the outsides were good. Like I was just like you, a high achiever. I needed to take care of everything on the outside and frustrated with anyone that couldn't keep up with what I needed. Didn't tell anyone what I needed. Was mad that they didn't do it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, until I walked through that, because I ended up becoming an alcoholic myself and getting sober and, and recovery, um, I became someone who was a good communicator. But I can tell you, I completely relate to all that you were saying because you had to take care of yourself anyways. And now you're in a relationship and the person's not taking care of things the way that you do. And it's frustrating. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, And so with your daughter, how are things like when she enters the picture, um, how are things going? Cause now you have a totally different relationship with your husband. um, They're actually, uh, my daughter helped me um, bring a lot of focus back to our relationship, you Mm -hmm. know, initially, um, you know, cause she was our center and she still is our center of life. There's not a, not a thing that him and I don't do together for her. So that is so important. And on one hand, it doesn't help the marriage grow, but where you are today, it's going to make her life so much better and secure and it's going to make you guys as co-parents really strong so that's actually one of the things from your marriage that you get to take and make really really strong so tell Mm -hmm. me did your daughter do you think she could pick up on things being off or were you really good at keeping it from her she as she got older um, probably about two years ago or so is when she started like noticing things I mean children are not they're more observant than what you think they are. They yep. see things more than what you, so I know that I was not really tr- well at hiding, you know, Your that feelings, I was not right. happy and yeah. feelings. And I would come home angry, you know. Right. What when I mean? you're angry just, cleaning in the kitchen, now she's there. Uh-huh. So, so, um, so I'm No, go sorry. ahead, please. No, no, you go, go ahead. So when she was born, you know, I switched jobs around so that I would be able to be home with her more than what I was. So that helped us in a sense in our marriage, because I ended up switching one from working five days a week to switching to work three days a week. So now I was able to tend to all the things that needed tending to and I didn't feel all that pressure anymore. And it really didn't matter that much that he wasn't helping as much around the house you know, the way I expected him to. But then for me, what happened in that situation was then I realized I don't need anyone's help, you know, in not in a pleasant, strong way, but in a, I'm doing this all by myself anyways. Um, And that's exactly where I I ended up. 
Yeah, which is lonely. It's really lonely. It's it's empowering as a woman who's in the position that we're in when, when we were no longer in the marriage, but in the marriage, it doesn't feel like a partnership anymore. And it's really, so on the one hand, you don't have the resentment anymore, but on the other hand, now there's just indifference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 100%. There was definitely indifference about it because I would come home and I would just have to do it anyway myself. Right. So, and I got that mentality. Well, might as well just do it myself. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Yes. So at um, what point do you tell him that you don't see this working anymore? Um, so we probably about four years ago is when I started verbalizing a little bit more that I just was not happy in the relationship anymore. So we ended up going and seeing a marriage counselor for a little while. And even with that, I have to say that I didn't feel like I was getting anything out of it. Um, I just didn't, Again, my communication is terrible. And yes. even though I've tried really hard to open up about what I needed and what I wanted and why I just was not happy in the, in the marriage anymore, I still held back. And I know that. So I just want to acknowledge that you, I really appreciate how honest you are about this, um, because I think that it's really important for everyone to understand that there is no one person to blame. And we're putting aside, you know, stories where there's like, a mental illness or a pathological liar or just someone that is a horrible person just in a regular Mm -hmm. marriage where you've got two humans that wanted it to work we all have our parts that we play what I want to ask you a little bit more about was I went to three marriage counselors and over a six-year period and I also found and I just want to say there's some great marriage counselors in the world and I've met them but I found Mm -hmm. that a lot of people I spoke to including myself found it really unhelpful And I don't know specifically what the ingredients was that was so not helpful other than I don't feel like in the sessions I was in, in all the different people I worked with, with my husband, that we were just honest, black and white and like laying stuff out on the table. I feel like everything was tiptoeing and dancing. No one wanted to hurt each other's feelings. And, you know, even though at this point, when you're in front of a marriage counselor, your, your marriage is in grave danger. And mm-hmm. we still, as adults who have so much at stake, are not willing to just come out and be like, this is what's happening and I don't know how to fix it. And if we don't fix it, this is where it's going to go. Like we just, it takes, what was your experience with it? Oh, it's actually, you exactly took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I just didn't feel like that I could be open and honest because I really didn't feel like I wanted to hurt his feelings about what I needed and wanted and stuff. So, and that's why I said, I know I held back. I know that. And instead of just coming straight out, you know, again, I internalized everything. So do you know what I do? And I want to just share this with you. So one of the things I do that just kind of happened organically as a co-parenting coach is I would get people like you who would reach out to me on like a message or text message. And they would say, Hey, do you know a good marriage counselor? Cause I knew I'm in the divorce world. And I would kind of joke and say, ha ha, you know, um, cause it's kind of like an oxymoron, but yes, there are great marriage counselors, but no, I would explain to them that my experience was not awesome like yours. And I do this session called figuring it out, which I don't even know that I would have been ready for. Um, because I was so afraid, but it's, it's either one-on-one virtually like me with you or me Mm -hmm. and your partner. And Mm -hmm. we, we, we lay out really uncomfortable questions beforehand separately. 
And then I basically just say to the couple, we're about to have the most uncomfortable conversation of your life. And we're going to talk about things that they don't bring up in marriage counseling because everyone's respecting each other's emotional process and all this stuff. But at the, at the same time, it would be like going to the ER because I'm not breathing and finding out my chambers are blocked off and the ER docs and nurses, which you know a lot about medicine are just like too shy to ask me what's really going on, you know, or to Mm -hmm. assess it and to take care of it. And I think that Mm -hmm. one of the things that needs to happen when a marriage is, is unraveling is there needs to be frank, honest, open black and white conversations of what our options are, where we're at, because we're so afraid to hurt each other, but in the end, we end up hurting each other anyways. Yeah. So what was he saying when you weren't saying any, like, was he like, I'm fine? No, he was, he is a much better communicator than I am. Um, You know, he wanted to know what it is that I needed. And, and I did give him some, you know, things like he would be, um, the one thing that he, he would do is um, like, not controlling in a sense, but, you know, throughout our marriage, he, I would be like, I want to go out with my friends for happy hour. And he would be like, well, what am I going to have for dinner? (laughs) Who's going to cook for me? You know what I mean? So then he would feel the guilt trip would fall, you know, come. And then I would be like, all right, I guess I'll come home. So I always felt like that. I wouldn't just be able to go out and have fun with my friends and do things. And him just say to me, Oh, okay. You're going out with your friends for happy hour. Well, just be careful. Let me know if you need me to pick you up. Don't drink too much. Okay. And I'll see you when you come home. It wouldn't be that conversation. It would be a, well, who's cooking for me? And I'm like, (laughs) and you weren't, you weren't just saying like, Hey, you need to take care of yourself tonight. Exactly. I would be like, okay, I guess I'll come home. So, and that's the conversations we were having during marriage counseling. I would tell him, I said, you can't do that to me. I said, I, I said, we are married, but that doesn't mean that I am, that I'm not Yvonne anymore. Right. And that you your know? sole responsibility is taking care of him. Or my daughter. I said, I right. still have to be able to be me. So he, he heard it and he changed his, his ways, you know, um, after we had this conversation and then I would, I would tell him, I need to get away. I said, I cannot be constantly around you. So I would start like taking weekend trips away by myself, just, just so I could be me. You know what I mean? You were not feeling like you had that space to be you. Exactly. I didn't feel like it. So he heard it and he was supportive. But I think at that point, I mean, it's been at that point, 20 some years of marriage and 20 years of that pattern that I just fell out of love. I just had reached a point where I was done. And I think that no matter how hard we would try to go to the marriage counselor and talk about it and stuff, I just reached that point where I like, I'm just done. I don't, I'm not even worried about trying to fix something. You know what I I want to just acknowledge here? And I'm so grateful that you shared that. And it's so uncomfortable to just have to say that. And I, ha- I have to tell you, I've gotten a lot of backlash in my writing when I've talked about what you just described, because in society, I feel like it's only acceptable, air quotes around that word, to, mm-hmm. at, to want out of your marriage if there's physical abuse or infidelity. And if there's not one of those two things, then you're selfish. And 
I had the exact same experience as you in my head. Logically, I knew like I should stay together for the kids, which is actually not a true st- statement. It's just what I thought. And mm-hmm. I should just, I'm so lucky and this is a good human and I don't have this and this and this. And I would make gratitude lists all the time, but my heart was no longer in it for so many reasons. And mm-hmm. you cannot force your heart to do something that it doesn't want to do. You cannot, exactly. right? So I remember reading someone's words and they said that you cannot fake the core, that it'll bring you to your knees, that truth. And mm-hmm. for me, and it sounds like for you, I, once I knew that truth, I couldn't not know it. Mm-hmm. So tell well, me what like, ended up bringing you to the place where you said you were done. I just, I just had reached a point where I just realized I just was not happy anymore. You know, I would come home sad and I would avoid coming home, you know, like I would drag out, I would go to the gym for hours just so I wouldn't have to come home at a certain time, you know, so I would, and it was sad because what I ended up doing, I ended up hurting my relationship with my child, right? Because I was unhappy, I avoided being home. And when I would come home, I would be irritated and upset about it, you know, and I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I staying in a relationship and a marriage that I am just not happy in? You know, and I said, nobody be the mother or the parent that you want to be when you're not happy. Like it really is true that even though on the outside, it might look like you need to do something for your child on the inside. If you, do, if you're not the person you are and, and doing what you need to do for yourself, you cannot be the mother you want to be. Exactly. And, and I saw it. I mean, the, my, my relationship with my daughter over that course of time where I was just not happy, it really took a toll and it took a strain on it. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I want to be happy. I want him to be happy because I could tell he was not happy either, right. even though he would never admit to it. I know, you know because here's the thing. And I always want people to hear this and it's not mine. Nothing that's really good is right. I've heard that concept that love, you cannot truly love someone if you don't love them as they are. If you want mm-hmm. them to change, if you want them to be different in any way. And, you know, like I said with my husband, who is also a good man, he just wasn't the right partner for me, <clears throat> is that he deserves to be loved by someone who loves him as he is. And so, and I deserve to be loved by someone who loves me as I am. And both of our needs and wants are are valid, but we just might not be the right people for each other as partners. And it's, it's sad, but at the same time, it's, it's real and honest. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a conversation I had with him. I mean, I know I hurt his feelings and it was hard there for a while after I told him that I was done, but I said exactly those words to him. I said, listen, I said, I, I said, I love you because you're the father of my child Mm -hmm. and I love you because you are my best friend Mm -hmm. but I don't love you the way a wife should love her husband I said and you deserve that just like I deserve it to be loved by somebody I said and I and I told him I said it's not that I doubt that you love me I said I don't doubt that one bit I said but I know that husband wife love is not there anymore it's a it's a routine now. We're just yeah. going through the motions because that's what's expected of us. So 
after it, it was actually kind of funny. I remember one day, this is going to sound weird. He was in the shower and I walked in and we, I was standing there and we were having a conversation while he was taking a shower. And all of a sudden, I don't know if it was because the curtain was between us and we couldn't see each other's faces, but he was like, I have to admit to you, he goes, you're right. I have not been happy in a very long time. I think that's courageous and honest of him because I have to say that in mine, which was very, very similar, he was okay with it not being a happy marriage. He, he would have been fine with a C minus. And I think the fact that you, you were courageous enough to speak up for yourself gave him the permission to do so with you. Yeah. Well, and he even said it, he goes, I would have continued trying to fix the marriage. He goes, but I see, I know you're not happy. He goes, but I would have continued. If I wouldn't have taken that step, he would have just like that. He would have been okay with a C minus. But here's my favorite question that I have gotten from another friend who's on this path as well. And she asked this question and it's, whenever, and and you're going to have this because I've had it my whole entire time after post-divorce, we get doubts, not because of the person, but because of some some of the pain or emotional challenges of being in two homes, of raising, no matter how hard we work, no matter how good we do, there's always moments of pain or loneliness. And I think to myself, was there something I could have done? And there was a question that one of my friends shared with me that I love. And she said, would you want your marriage for your children? And when you think about your daughter, would you want her to feel the way that you felt? I'm sure you know your answer. Oh, definitely 100% not. And she was my other driving force behind this. I did not want her to think that you have to stay in a marriage that you are unhappy and that it is okay to call it quits and say, I deserve better or I deserve different and that it's okay to be strong and do it, you know? And, and it's funny. Ever since I took that step, my relationship with her has changed. I am very focused on her these days. We spend a lot of time together. I fixed my relationship with her. You know, she's very loving and caring and, and she sees that I'm happier. Even I'm not in a relationship, you know, in a like committed relationship, but she sees that I am happier. Because you're living your truth. I'm telling you, I remember I have three little boys. And I remember when after I made the decision, because I was just like you, I kept making the decision to stay. I remember taking a selfie of myself after I made the decision to stay for like the 12th time and Mm -hmm. thinking like, now I'm going to be happy because I'm so miserable back and forth. And when I made the decision to stay, I took the selfie of of me and I saw my face and it was the most unhappy I've ever seen myself. And Mm -hmm. I thought, I can't believe this is what I'm going to be giving my children. And one day quickly after I finally made the the final decision, my youngest said to me, you're so pretty when you smile because he saw me smiling and Mm -hmm. I hadn't done that for a really long time. And I'm almost wondering like with your daughter, it's almost as if we had an illness of like keeping the truth in and and it makes you angry and feel horrible. So we're not open and loving to the people that we care about the most. And now that you are, she feels that there's nothing blocking you anymore. 100%. And, and it's in a sense, she said something like that to me too. You so know, tell that me, she can how tell. did you guys tell her? 
it was a together thing. We we um, sat down just on the sofa together and we just said, hey, we have to tell you something. And um, she came and, and we just told her, I told her, I said, I am not happy in, you know, in the marriage anymore. I want a divorce from your dad. And she looked and she started crying and she was upset about it. And, and we just explained to her, you know, what every parent explained to their kid at that time has nothing to do with you. We're always team Kiri. You know, yeah. we always love you no matter what. I said, this is absolutely 100% only between mommy and daddy. I said, you are always and always will be our center and our focus. And so it took her about a day or two to process it. But I like to think of my child as an old wise owl. Mm -hmm. She has an old soul and she gets it. Yeah. She, you know, once she thought about it and she saw that I was all of a sudden happier and more open and there was a smile on my face because I got it off my chest. She's like, she gets it. You I know? think that's so incredible of you that you, you, when you told that her together, that you were the one who said it was me, even though you just admitted that it wasn't only you. I think that that's really amazing. Um, you know, you actually, both you and your husband do what me and mine do. Um, I was told about the concept. Do you know about the concept of the North Star? Mm -mm. So this is how I found my whole new path. So one of my, I knew I was gonna get the divorce once the miserable process of deciding was over. And I didn't want to have the divorce that everyone knows about, you know, the miserable, no one likes each other. You can't stand each other. The kids are miserable. And I found mm -hmm. a guy um, on Facebook that I was friends with that I knew was a really like known as like the happy divorce person. And mm -hmm. I asked him to talk one night and he told me about the concept of the North star. And I think it's actually so similar to what you're doing. So he said that the North star is what sailors use when they're lost in the dark and they cannot find their way home. And that when they find the North Star, they focus on it and then they can always know which direction is home. And that he said to me that my children would need to be my North Star. And that whenever I didn't know what to do, whether it was the process of the divorce or post-divorce just for the rest of our lives, when it felt confusing, I needed to focus on the North Star and I would always know the right thing to do. And it sounds like you and your husband are naturally doing that with your daughter, that she's your North Star and that you guys focus on what's best for her. And what's best for her is, is two happy parents. 100%. It's sadly, it, you know, when, when over our course of our marriage, my husband and I, we would periodically talk about, well, what if our marriage at some point would end, right? Because there's always that possibility. Right. So, and him and I, our entire marriage, we would always promise each other that if we were to ever get divorced, we would not have that ugly, ugly divorce that people go through. And we stuck to it. We did not have that divorce. Can I just <laughs> and, tell you and, something? I love that so much. So you know how people have prenups about money? Uh -huh. I think that they should have prenups about children. I think that they should have a prenup about just exactly what you said. We both want this to last forever. We None of us are getting married because we want to get divorced. But the truth is, the statistics are what they are. And mm -hmm. if this doesn't work out, no matter how hard we try, can we promise that we're going to put our kids first and that this is how it's going to look? I mean, but yep. we don't discuss that. We, 
if we're brave enough to have a prenup, which I was not, I wish I would have had that laid out because what we do is we come to it with so much emotion, which is why people do prenups. So the emotions don't overtake the finances once that decision is made, but it should really be almost like a prenup separation agreement of how we're going to do this with the kids that's decided when you both still love each other. Mm -hmm. And and verbally, that's what we agreed to. And we stuck to it. I, I cannot tell you how many people have come to me by now and yes. approached me about, oh my God, I, how do I you can't do it? believe. Right. How, how do you do that? Because I literally, I like to call my life the way it is right now. I like to call it my little soap opera life. <laughs> Be- because um, we, when, once we decided that we were going to get divorced, you know, there was, there was no strife. There was no arguing. There was no drama. There was just like, okay, this is what it's going to be. Let's figure out how we're going to manage this without hurting our child in the process. I'm really proud and, of you guys. Oh, you, you, <laughs> so in the process, when we started this, I went and I got a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, I will pay for the lawyer to have the separation agreement drawn up. Right. So when we started the process, he started dating somebody. Okay. He met somebody. Right. And like any parent, my biggest fear in all of this was not getting divorced. My biggest fear was that he was going to meet somebody that I was not going to get along with. Mm. That was my fear that would not love my daughter the way I love my daughter. Right. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. It's okay, but and you know what? Here's the thing. Even if the person he meets is amazing, there is no such thing as replacing a mother's love, but I understand your fear. Oh, that was my, my biggest fear. And him and I, we had a conversation about it. He goes, no woman will ever replace you in your daughter's life. That's so true. anyway, he met, he met somebody and um, we waited about a month or two and I could tell he was really really into her he really liked her so and he wanted to introduce my daughter to her and initially I fought it a little bit I admit to that but then I said I can't I cannot make this miserable I have to be an adult about it yeah so I went and I met her and she turned out to be the most loveliest person ever I'm so grateful that he allowed you to do that because that shows respect of your co-parenting relationship because he knows that your center is your daughter and that for you as the mother, you would feel safer and more comfortable meeting who's going to be spending a lot of time with her. Yep. And, and that was part of our agreement as well. That I'm really proud we... of you guys for that because that is not the norm. And it's one of the things I talk to divorcing couples about what they can't fathom, what it's going to be like when they have someone else in their life, but that that someone else like you were worried about can cause a tremendous amount of drama if the co-parents don't approach it with the respect that it needs to be approached with. Exactly. So, um, I, I met her and she is actually, they've been together now six months. Okay. 
and they got engaged yesterday morning. Oh, wow. Three days post-divorce. <laughs> Three days post-divorce. And I have to honestly say, she is probably one of my very best friends now. Wow, I, that is so awesome. So, yeah, I mean, she... Um, she and I'm guessing that she respects your co-parenting relationship and doesn't get is, in between it. <laughs> And if you guys need something that between the two of you, it's not going to be, she's not going to infringe upon it. Oh, not at all. She is, I, I, I trust her. She spends like right now, my, my husband and I, we still live in the same home mm -hmm. because I'm building a house onto my house. Wow. That is so, so cool. <laughs> so you can be really close yes. because of your daughter. Yes. Because so you only get still... four or five more years with her. I, my son exactly. is the same age as your daughter. And in two seconds, they're going to be gone. And yeah. I don't want to be the reason why my son is stressed out when something good happens in his life. And he has to tell his parents and how are they going to be in the same room together? Mm -hmm. there's, there's none of that. Him and I, we came up with this plan. And I said, I'm going to build onto the house so that I'm in my residence and you're in your residence. And my daughter can just go back and forth between the homes when she wants to. And she can finish her schooling in her school district. And in the meantime, his now fiance mm -hmm. spends half the week in my house with us. And she cooks for us and we work together and you guys have like the best lunch for me. <laughs> I literally so, have tears in my eyes because the gift you forget about the fact that you guys are all behaving like adults and it's extremely special, but your daughter is it's almost going to be like, if you looked at like from far away, this is going to be like the teeniest blip in her life. Like if mm -hmm. somebody down the road asks her, what are some horrible things that happened? your splitting up will not even be on her list. No, and um, it will not be. She, that's why I said, I am, I am very blessed in a, in a way that he found somebody that turned out to be such a good friend to me and that I can talk to about everything. And, you know, we joke around about stuff that she is with him now and I'm not. And I, I'm like joking around, like I brush my hands and I go, he's your You're problem. Like, it's now, all yours. You know? <laughs> and she starts laughing. She finds it funny, you know, and, and she comes and she stacks my refrigerator for me and she picks my daughter up and I take care of her daughters, you know, when I can. Wow. And so it's like a whole, um, can I very... just tell you, I am so proud of you guys and please let them know that we are, we North Star Divorcers are in awe. They can't see us because it's audio, but I'm giving like hail signs of like, this is unbelievable because you guys are, I understand what you shouldn't even call it my little soap opera because soap opera is drama. This is your yeah. fairy tale. Yeah, you're right. I need to come up with a different her. And, and I, I imagine when you bring somebody into your life in a romantic level, that the same respect will be given to that person as you gave to her. Because here's the thing, she could have been the most lovely person on earth, but if you were bitter and angry and wanted to get back at your husband for the way things went, you could have destroyed this fairy tale for your daughter. I could have, but my theory on all of that is, and I think this is what 
a lot of times um, people lose sight about when they get divorced, they get their feelings hurt. Yeah. So then they get angry, right? And then the anger takes over. And then they start arguing over things that are just not important. Yeah. To me, money is not important. My my child and my child happiness is more important to me than having a big fat bank account. Yeah. Okay. My, my relationship with him, he is my best friend mm. and he will always be my best friend. And people lose sight of the fact that once you have children together, you will be in each other's lives forever. Until you die. Can I just say Until that? Until you die. People think they have this crazy idea that if you get divorced, you only have to be with that person until your children are 18. I actually just um, walked over to my husband's house because we moved four blocks away from each other yesterday. Yeah. And I dropped off a little present for him. And I wrote in the card you're stuck with me until death do us part because we're family. And I said to him, even though we have bumps in the road, cause we're human, mm-hmm. we always come back to the North star. And I said to him, I'm so grateful for the father you are to our children. And I will always be there for you for anything you need, because at the end of the day, they are half of the person that we love more than anybody on earth. Exactly. So, and, and that's the role model your daughter needs. And, 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 and that's what every kid should have when they, yes. when their parents go through divorce, but people forget that they don't see that they lose sight. No, of what you know why? Important. Because they're selfish. Cause like you said, yes. their feelings are hurt and they're angry and they stay stuck in that phase and they don't want to leave because it's serving them because that anger, they tell that story over and over. If you knew what happened and then they stay in it. But the thing is, is the marriage is already over. People are physically not even in the same space anymore, but they're Mm -hmm. stuck. And that, that stuckness, even if it's only one person causes generational trauma for their child, for their grandchildren, for the people Mm -hmm. that they are in front of. And so what the two of you, the three of you are doing for your daughter is the biggest gift you will ever give her. Agreed. It really, Very I have one, last, one last question. I'm so impressed with you guys. Tell me what guidance you would have for someone who is listening, who is standing on the edge and knows that the divorce is going to happen. What advice do you have for them or guidance from your experience of the steps that are really important to take right now? Uh, if the, the biggest thing I think people have to remember is when there's children involved, You have to, regardless of how much anger and pain you have, you need to take that and put it aside. That is water under the bridge that, that nothing gets solved by, by being angry and hateful towards the person you used to love. All you end up doing is hurting the children in the process. And that's my biggest lesson is take all that anger that you feel and put it away just let it go. It, it doesn't solve anything to hold on to it and make your life, your ex-spouse's life and your children's life miserable. Just let it go. That's my, my best advice I can give because then you'll end up being happy yourself. It's so true. It's too much to carry. I don't, like you, we work really, really hard and I don't have enough hands to carry it all anymore. You know, I, I am, I don't have, I don't have the 
strength to put that much attention and energy into hate. I don't. And I don't want it. Like I literally, I I don't want it. Nope. I don't want it either. I want happiness and peace and quiet. And I'll, and I want to walk in my home and I want to see my child with a smile on her face. And, and the nicest thing my husband said to me the other day, after we, 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 after my divorce was final on the 22nd, him, his girlfriend at that time still, and me, all three of us went out together for brunch and we celebrated and had mimosas and we cheered to a better, better 2021 and a happy 2020. And here's to moving forward. And then later on that day, we were at our house, all three of us and with my daughter and he came over and he gave me a hug and he whispered in my ear and he goes, I'm so happy you're still in my life. That is seriously, I'm not joking. I do this. I've been doing this for a long time and you guys have the most inspirationally beautiful story I've ever heard. Thank you. And I want you to know that there will be waves ahead because it's life. And that mm-hmm. if the two of you stay focused on that center and whenever you get angry, you put your feelings down and you breathe and you focus and you hold hands because your friends and the things you're going to face together are unimaginable. We don't know, but you two have what it takes to show up for her for the rest of her life and for each other. Yep. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for being on here. You're very welcome. I'm glad I'm able to share it with somebody and hopefully somebody gets, you know, inspiration and help out of hearing my story and, and our story. It's not my story. It's our story, all three of ours. For any listeners who would like to go deeper into my story, check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, available in paperback, audio, or digital. Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. On Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and IndieBound. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and for the world around us. Have a great day.